awkward. Yay! Okay, now Yay. we're back for real. Yeah, okay, now we're recording. Okay. Uh, okay, hi guys, this is Black Chick Lit for a bonus episode. Bonus. I'm, woo! I'm Danny. And I'm Molly. And we are falling apart today, but we're going to keep it together just long enough. Just, we, <laughs> you know, at least an hour, our, our Twitter followers have spoken. Yeah. To get this episode done. So yes. as stated on Twitter, I'm sitting in a closet. So if this episode uh-huh. sounds clear, please let me know. And I'll just make that a permanent part of my recording practice. You sound clear to me. So yeah, does it sound better? Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, because improving production value is like a constant goal of ours, just to always yes. be better. So always. do better. I was thinking about our like saying for 2017 and how I really... like Blacker I, than ever? Yes. So uh-huh. that's... It's. I really was feeling it someday. There was some foolishness happening. I think it was right after um, those kids were arrested for selling water. And I was like, I'm sick of this bullshit. So yeah, 2017, blacker than ever. I blacker thought of 2018's <laughs> already. What is 2018? 2018 will be even more black. I love it. Oh my God, I love this. We're set for two years. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was so mad. I was like, I'm so sick of this foolishness. I'm so, woo. Sip of wine. Yeah, yeah, sip of wine. But we're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about books, specifically adaptations of books. But before we get into that, Molly and I had a very long, and I'd like to say very like in-depth discussion about an essay written by one Zadie Smith about something. (laughs) Author of um, Black Chick Lick Pick. That is hard to say. Swing time. Don't say it too fast. Yeah. And the essay was about something. I'm not entirely sure what specifically it was about. It touched on many things. Yeah, she was. Mm. So it was <laughs> It was in Harper's. Um, we'll include a link. Yeah, we'll leave a link. And it says there, July 2017 issue, Getting In and Getting Out, Who Owns Black Pain? And I remember this came across my um, my Twitter timeline like earlier than when, you know, we started talking about it and before I even read it. And I just saw the title and I was like, nah, and I didn't read it. And, like a couple of days later, I saw a bunch of people saying like, why is no one like talking about this? This essay is so weird. Why is no one like addressing this? And so I went back. And I was like, oh, let me read this. I was like, the fuck is this? I think the reason it hasn't gotten a lot of like talk on socials because no one understands what the fuck is happening in this essay. I don't know what she's talking about. I know that she said quadroon like more often than I was comfortable with. It's like it starts out as a re- okay. So I did sort of half-ass read the first part because it was about Get Out and spoiler or to oh, no one's surprise. I still haven't read seen it, so I haven't seen Get Out, so I didn't want to read the spoilers. But going at one point, I gave up and just read the thing, and I'm like, "What are you arguing for?" First, it starts out as a review of like Get Out, uh-huh. and, and then- not even like a good review. Like she just very clearly says this happened. And then this other thing happened and then another thing happened. Yeah. It's like a synopsis <laughs> breakdown. Yeah. And then she goes into this painting by this woman who decided it'd be okay to paint Emmett Till, which I'm going to go ahead and say, I only half know what's going on in that situation, but I don't feel like that's a race <laughs> thing. I feel like that's a, you're kind of exploited, exploitative if you paint, but that's another discussion, but she touches on that. And then she goes into how she's biracial yeah, and then she starts talking about like Black America and who owns its pain, and I'm like, "Aren't you British?" Yeah, <laughs> like she she's very. I don't, I don't disagree with every single point that she was making. Like there were some things where I was like, "Okay, you can at least argue that, and I'll listen." But she's so condescending, like to the the. So what happened is she went and saw. This painting of Emmett Till by, it's called Open Casket by Dana Schultz. Um, And I guess that whatever museum this is in, and I I recently learned that I need glasses. Oh no, Um, welcome to the club. Yeah, so I'm waiting for those to come in. So I'm not going to try to like train my eyes, focus my eyes enough to like get way back into this article. But um, so it's at this museum where she happened to go. And I guess that another woman um, wrote 
kind of a letter in protest to the showing of or objecting, let's see, the inclusion of this painting. This woman's name was Whitney Biniel, B-I-E-N-N-I-A-L. Um, and so Zadie Smith is in theory, hypothetically responding to this, this letter by Whitney, but she does it in such like this weird half-assed way where I think that for me, it just came off that, that Zadie Smith was being kind of defensive because she felt like maybe she or her children were not being allowed to talk about something or not being allowed to quote unquote own this black pain. And so she was kind of condescending to Whitney who wrote the letter. That was my takeaway from it because a lot of her arguments were not rooted in any kind of logic. It was just like, well, you did this and that's stupid, but I'm going to do, so I'm going to do it too. But it's like, what, what the fuck kind of sense does that make? For me, the piece was just so free form. Like it shifted from one subject to another with, like very little it to me felt with a very little connection to the previous topic that I could not follow her train of thought and I kept remembering like so this is my issue she kept using like the talking about America and as if she was somehow part of the baggage and I don't I'm gonna go ahead and say this like I don't feel it's really hers to discuss because I don't think she really gets it she's super she's it's like when we had this discussion it's like when Trevor Noah tries to talk about race Mm-hmm. And it's like he doesn't sometimes he didn't realize how insensitive he comes off as because he's not a part like, yes, he is black. Yes, Zadie Smith is black, but there's a difference. He's they're not African-American. And right. so the stuff they've probably dealt with but in South Africa and in the U- United Kingdom, uh, respectively, it's different than what um, an African-American is going through. And I think right. to ignore some of the subtlety and the nuance, you're doing them a disservice. Cause like, there was one thing that kind of bugged me is like, she goes into how like complex it is to be biracial, which is, I agree with, I'm sure. And I can't relate to that. But then she ends the essay by I saying- mean, not really. No, no. I want to put that to bed right fucking now. Cause whenever I see this anywhere, I'm like, I don't get it. Like, maybe I'm like a bad mixed person, but I don't know. No. Maybe no, maybe not... being mixed in British is a completely different maybe. thing. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, maybe. But this tragic mulatto shit has got to stop. It's got to stop. Like, I don't, I don't understand it. It's, I see it all the time. Like, oh, well, is me. And it's like, girl, stop. Like, relax. Like, we all have our things to go through. But it's it's not like... It feels like that kind of, um, like, contest of who has it worse sometimes. Oh, the Oppression like, Olympics? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, I'm mixed and no one understands me. And it's like, just fucking relax. Like, I can say as a mixed person, like, I've had some privileges, you know, that other people haven't. And it's like... I'm not trying to say, like, my plight is so terrible and so awful. Like, yeah, people made fun of me. They said, oh, you talk white in middle school and stuff. But it's like they said that to everyone. Like, everyone was getting teased for something. One girl was too black. One girl was too heavy. One girl was too white. The white girl wasn't black enough. And it was like, no one... I, I don't know. I don't know. I just had like a very strong reaction. I think when she was like tell. talking about yeah. her kids yeah. and she was like, can they own black pain? And it's like, well, maybe, I don't know. How are you raising them? Zadie Smith. They, they don't know who Emmett Till is. And I don't know how you wrapped your head around that. Um, but is it something of your own design that you're shielding them from? Are you shielding them from blackness? Are you shielding these kids from black pain? Because if you want to turn around and say, oh, because they are only one eighth or one sixteenth black, they can't own it. Maybe you need to look at your own reasoning for not teaching them. Yeah. You know, about, about this culture. Not that you are black American because you're not, but I don't know. I, I was all over the place and now I've had wine. So <laughs> yeah, this, I guess I couldn't get past the, she doesn't really know what she's talking about because she's not, I don't know. And this is okay. So I read this after this really shitty article or opinion piece in the New York times called in defense of cultural appropriation. 
It was terrible. Did you? I didn't send that to you. I forgot I read it, and then it came back, I did and I'm not really upset. Read it. But I did save like a screenshot of the guy's Twitter avatar. He's he's just a, in case I ever need it. He's British and Indian, and it's like he looks scared. I don't know why he looks so scared in his picture. Look it up. <laughs> but I was like, again, like you're not, and like his whole argument was, well, would have giving black people credit for inventing rock and roll have ended Jim Crow South, the Jim Crow South? It's like no, but no. like, and then he's like asking all these pseudo deep questions on his Twitter, like. Well, what is culture? Who defines what culture is? Ugh. Who sets the limits? I'm like, there's a whole field called anthropology, and right. somebody in that field can answer your question. Right. I fucking hate that when people say, well, I don't really know how racial categorization happened. I don't really see culture. And it's like, people study this. That's- people think about it. There's a history to it. But because we talk about race as if it is outside of history, as if it's something that just came out of nowhere... You can have like these dumbass arguments like nobody knows what culture is. Nobody knows what race is. And it's like, no fools. You can look back at the UK, at the US, at uh, South Africa, anywhere you want to go. And you will see these classifications written into law. And that's where it comes from. That has had real impact on the people that had to live under these laws. They've created lives. They've created their own structures of being their own cultures. And for you to come back in later and say it's cool just to borrow from that because what the hell does it mean anyway? Discounts like years and years and years of people living under oppression. Right, exactly. And then the fact that he he kept saying he'd spent 20 years talking about cultures and everything. But your ass doesn't know what a culture is. You can't do the basic definition of what a culture is. And it feels really disrespectful that just because you haven't, you don't know a thing to think that there's like it's a very childish juvenile thing like just because you don't know something doesn't mean that there aren't other people who have studied it who have come to these conclusions so it was just really like and i was also the new york times's opinion section is pretty much trash anyway but like this just sort of confirmed it. it's like why did how did this even it doesn't meet any kind of editorial standards one he didn't argue for anything except i guess white people's right to like take whatever they want Right, and because he barely he wasn't half-assed arguing that. for he wasn't arguing for this kind of free form. Everyone borrow from something. He's like, no, it's cool that Elvis stole from. Right, <laughs> you know that was pretty much it. He's like, well, wh- how would how would um I can't even remember. See, I can't remember who the who which early black rocker he refers to specifically. But he's like, how is like Chuck Berry or whoever getting that attention gonna s- solve the problem of racism? Well, it's like. okay we got a lot more wild up in this episode than i think we originally planned we did we just read some really shitty journalism and so yeah i i was not here for it and i just i don't know it just that article just totally both went that i didn't read the the cultural appropriation one i just read people responding to it and then his responses to people responding to it because that's my new thing now. Like, let me look at these comments first. <laughs> I kind of do that too. And yeah, and I noticed that he was like, he's like, why do all these, I just don't get, understand. Yes, we speak the same language. It's not the same culture. And yes, it was British settlers who first came to the Americas, but it's not the same culture. So I don't but understand why all these. I'm not tell anyone in the UK, anyone anywhere. We're not telling, we're not getting in Australia's business and telling them right. like, cause I don't like, have. The, I know more than you do. Yeah. Cause we don't have the history and the context to be saying these things, but I don't understand why all these other, even if they are of color, all these other people are trying to say how American race relations should be, but it's like, but you're not here. Right. The, uh, okay. I think we've thoroughly explored that. <laughs> <laughs> I need, I don't know what I do with my wine. Here it is. I'm going to take a sip. Um, let's get into happier things. We yes. know what we're going to watch for our special birthday episode. Yes. Drum roll. I'm shaking the wine bottle. Nice. Uh, we are going to be watching with 59 votes. Well, not 59 votes to Queen Sugar, but 59 votes total. in all for the total poll. Which was more people than I thought we were listening. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And they came so quickly. We are listening to Queen Sugar, which Yay! I which I think is a good, like good symmetry. We started. I think so. We started the program with Queen Sugar. We're going to go and we're going to watch like maybe the first two episodes. I think so. I yeah. think that's what we talked about. Because I think two episodes equals Hulu. out to like about a movie. Yeah. So it's on Hulu. We have not yet picked a date, but we will let you know. Yes, right? It's yeah. going to be, I think, early August. Yeah, sometime in August, which is our birthday mm-hmm. month. Yep. Our other birthday month. Ha ha. 
um march is the original birthday month because we're both pisces right you're pisces yeah so and i'm really excited and we are working with mocha girl reads shout out um and so they are also doing a giveaway as part of the celebration they're giving away a copy of queen sugar yes yes and so if you're listening to this episode i guess do we say the special code now or should we save it to the end let's save it at the end so we're at the end of the episode we're going to give you a special code you can go onto their website we'll have all the information on twitter enter the special code as long as you follow both us on twitter and mocha girl reads on twitter you will be entered for a chance to win a copy of queen sugar Woo! We're also going to have her um, on our next bonus episode. So in a month, um, our July bonus episode, and we're going to, I don't know, maybe like talk about uh, the book, obviously, give you more information about the the reading, the film. Um, But maybe we'll just talk a little bit about the past year and first year anniversary. It was so fast. I know. I'm so happy. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited. So I was also disappointed in myself. I was supposed to do something for Juneteenth. And I forgot. <laughs> I did see a lot of stuff about Juneteenth though. I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad it's picking up. But like my goal since before we even started doing the podcast, I was like, we need to do something for the blog for Juneteenth. And every year I'm next like, Oh year. damn it, we'll do it next year then. And next, next year, year comes and I always forget. <laughs> You're like, it's June already? It is. That's exactly what happens. I was like, damn. So, yes. So, I'm really excited. We missed Juneteenth, but we will celebrate something far less monumental, but just as exciting to us in our first anniversary, our first birthday. Yes. That was a really mess of a sentence. Ah, it's all right. It's a bonus up. Yeah. So, all righty. So, we're watching Queen Sugar first. So, let's talk about some other adaptations. So this week or month, I never know what to say because I guess it is a monthly bonus. So this month, we asked you all to share your favorite adaptation of a book, whether Mm -hmm. it be TV or movie or, you know, play, anything. So we've gathered the responses and we're going to share them. Uh, The first response came from Vanessa Chapman, who is at this on Vanessa on Twitter. I think she's new. I'm not I think 100% it's sure. It's this one Vanessa. Oh, this one Vanessa. You're right. <laughs> I'm telling you, I need I these glasses got to come. <laughs> like it looks like a blur. <laughs> oh, trust me, I can relate. Yes. So, go ahead. <laughs> she said Queen Sugar, what? which is, you know, fortuitous. And I I kind of from what I've heard about the series, I kind of get it. Um I'm really excited to start this one cuz I think the TV show is stronger than the book was and I, I think so and I really hope that I want to stop hating on Natalie Basile so I really hope she writes another book because the potential is there yes so um but yeah, yes I think it's I think you're gonna like it like I said I accidentally watched like the second <laughs> third fourth fifth sixth episodes so I'll be interested to see the the first episode well I need something because you know they canceled underground yeah, and I heard Oprah was going to, like, buy it, but then Oprah was like, I don't got all the money. <laughs> I was like, what? But, like, I'm like, well, this is exactly why I don't love things, because I find a show I like, it barely gets, like, two weeks in, and it gets canceled. Yeah. I'm so hurt. Mm. So, uh, moving so. on. <laughs> so, the next one was from, we have another, I guess, newbie, Chanel, at Chanel Shorter, and her answer was Hunger Games. Which I haven't seen. I haven't seen or read. Oh, my God. Okay. I was just about to share a story how there was a lady at my work who said she had neither seen nor read Hunger Games. And I was going to uh-huh. comment on you on, like, how rare that was because I feel like that movie was <laughs> everywhere. And here you I, are having neither read or seen them. I completely missed it. I don't know anything about them either. I read all of the books and I saw the first two movies because yeah. the third book is the weaker book, in my opinion. Um, I mean, if you're into reading about, you know, child murder. You had us watch Battle Royale. <laughs> I did have you watch in Battle college, Royale. Right? It's basically Battle Royale, like the Western adaptation of Battle Royale. I see. So for those yeah. of you who don't know, Battle Royale is a Japanese, it was a film, it was a book first, and then it was made into a movie in which mm-hmm. this great, this um, class of eighth grade students are sent to, sent to go on an island and they have to kill each other until there's only one left. And mm-hmm. in the book, it's part of a reality TV show. Like he was making fun of, I guess, 
the reality show that was like this was when reality tv culture was like at its peak mm-hmm. and like it was like survivor was on the air real world all those like really trashy ones uh-huh. So and then in the TV show or in the movie, when it became a movie, it became sort of a thing the government did to instill fear. So the reality TV show part was kind of dropped. Mm. So, but it's basically Hunger Games. Yeah, I we I, very recently, <laughs> like within the last two weeks, we watched Running Man, if that counts. Yeah, and that's that's a similar one, I think. <laughs> yeah, I have not. Okay, so I read. I was like everyone. I went through a Stephen King phase, like in high school. Uh-huh. And so that was one of the... very recently, like some of us. Well, I mean, your your face can take place whenever. Mine was just in high school, and yeah, I read um Running Man, and that one that one I thought was a bit more unique because he the whole goal of that one is you are running from everyone, and you have to be like you're like a wanted man, and anyone can turn you in and get a prize, including like just random citizens. And your goal, right, is to live for in a week. Is it a week? You have to survive oh, and escape the government. The movie was really different. Oh, okay. I never saw the movie. I just read the book. In the book, it's like there's this guy he's picked to take part in this program where he gets he becomes a millionaire. It's like in a dystopian where there's no there's not oh. enough food, there's not enough medicine, there's not even really enough clean air. So he enters this contest where if he can escape the government's like search teams. Mm-hmm. he he wins like all these millions the catch is it's part of a show so like just random citizens if they see him they'll likely turn him in because they get a cash mm-hmm. prize if they do that if they make if that sounds it's like a giant fugitive search mm. yeah it was similar it was like a guy and he got falsely accused it's arnold schwarzenegger yeah and, um, like he has to run for like very specific like it's almost like um uh, what do you call them? Uh, uh, wrestlers. Like he has to fight like that sounds incredibly <laughs> specific people. It's it's pretty. It's actually pretty different. Um, but the guy from um, oh, and I'm trying to find his name. That's why I sound like super um, uh, distracted. Um, uh, yes. So the guy from um, like old school. Um, Family Feud, Richard Dawson. Oh yeah, he's the game show host, right? He plays the game show host, and I love Richard Dawson. I do too, so much. <laughs> I just I adore Richard Dawson. Like if you've ever watched like the old old school like um Match Game or Family Feud, like he's he kisses like all the women, <laughs> and he's kind of creepy about it. And we saw like this like retrospective of his life on Twitter or on YouTube, and he was like uh. They they were like, oh, Richard, how did you start kissing everyone? And he's like, well, you know, one day there was like a family with a lovely mother and lovely daughter. So I just said hello and I kissed them and the gentleman kissed them on the cheek. He's like, and then I went over to the other family and I can't remember if they were black or Asian or something. And he was like, and he was like, and if I didn't kiss them, what would I look like? He's like, I have to kiss everybody. He's like, they were lovely, just as lovely as everyone else. And I wasn't going to not kiss lovely women. So I didn't really care what anyone said. And he was like, and I kissed everyone. And he's like, then every time anyone came on, I was like, well, I can't not kiss a lovely woman when I see her. And all women are lovely, so I'm just going to kiss them. It's like, Richard, you old fucking horn dog. <laughs> He did sort of kiss himself in a corner. Like, you can't be, you don't want to be the one woman that Richard Dawson wouldn't kiss. Right. And I think, like, he was like, it, it was just weird. He was just like, you know, I, if I see a lady, I'm going to kiss her. It's <laughs> like, all righty then. Yeah. He was just, oh, God. that The classic shows are much better. The classic Family Feud episodes are much better than, like, the new ones, either with Louis Anderson or, ugh, Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm kind of glad that Think Like a Man did not win because I'm kind of averse to Steve Harvey. Like, it would have been very bitchy, but then I felt bad about, like, bringing him business. Yeah. So, we don't have to deal with that problem now. Yeah. Watch those old Match Game episodes. They were so drunk and so high. It was hilarious. They were filmed in the 70s, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know it was going down in the 70s. I've heard stories. They tried. They tried to redo it, but they were missing. They were missing that, like... The drugs? Doesn't give a fuck out of it. Probably the <laughs> drugs. Because, like, they're drinking on this new one with um, the guy from 30 Rock, but it's it's not the same. Yeah. It's, no. just, it's not as grimy or as weird. 
my mother gets really irritated because I keep telling her like how the 70s is like her favorite decade. Like uh-huh. I think that's when she was like coming of age. She loves 70s music. She loves 70s fashion. To me, I hate kind of everything about the 70s, but I do <sighs> sort of like that whole grimy do what you want kind of thing. I, I hate I it because to go it's back in time and live in a decade. It would absolutely be the 70s. I can see like that. Come of age or be yeah. like a young 20 year old or something. Yeah. Absolutely the 70s. I can see that. Yeah. Like, I hate funk music. Like, I would have just been miserable. <gasps> I do not I like funk. Okay. It's so good. I have some traumatizing memories with funk. Like, my dad liked Bootsy Collins. And I just remember, <laughs> like, he scared the hell out of me. I did not like <laughs> I was too young. I didn't Why? know it at the time. Like, I knew, I didn't know the specifics, but even as a child, I knew all these people are on something and I wanted no part of it and it terrified me okay true did not there's nothing in the 70s and I know that was like peak black people time I get it but I, no there was nothing in the 70s for me what I think decade would you go back and live in I'd like the 90s I feel like I don't want to go any further back than when I've currently been alive like I'll go forward like I'm off or let's go forward I don't want to go back like the 90s i'll go back to the 90s i also tell people how if i had to be an adult any earlier than like the 2000s none of my bills would be paid on time i'd I'd probably have no place to live because i'd forget to pay my mortgage or something because you have to like actually write a physical check and like put it in the mail but Uh then if you wanted to like disappear that's also true (laughs) you know start a new life under an assumed name I guess it was easier to disappear in the pre-digital days, but yeah, no, I start that second family. But if I could go further in time, (laughs) if I could have delayed being born like another 20 years, I don't know. Maybe like the apocalypse will happen. Oh God. You know, maybe it's getting hotter. Siri will finally like have enough. (laughs) We'll be asking her stupid questions. They'll rise up like that monkey. What's that monkey? Oh, rise eight planet Caesar. Um, you know, he's like overthrowing people. I don't want to be around for that. I thought you were talking about Charlie Freeman. (laughs) (laughs) That monkey. (laughs) But then I blanked for a second, which means I've drank way too much wine. I was like, what was that monkey's name? And I kept trying to think of the title. And I had We Love You, Jackie Freeman. Like it took a few. It took That's a few okay. before I got there. It's a bonus. It's a bonus. <laughs> and you know, I think, I think we have we might have some new listeners this time from Oak Girl Reef. Oh, so we should be on better behave. We should be better behaved. Yeah. So let me stick my pinky out. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> Go ahead. Chanel. Chanel. Chanel Shorter on Twitter. We did that one. Sweet. <laughs> no, we did. It says Hunger Games. Well, shit. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> we're, at, we're at return or like repeat commenter Sherelle, who is right underneath that. Yes, yeah, Sherelle says Memoirs of a Geisha. Yes. Which you haven't read. Have you read that? No, I saw the movie and I bought the book. So like, I think that movie came out when we were in, well, at least when I was in college. Maybe mm-hmm. you were. Because um, I think it was my freshman year. And so I like, I bought the book and I was going to read it and I was going to watch the movie. I didn't. <laughs> I, like I meant to. And I was like, nah. Cool story, Daniel. <laughs> That's it. I just didn't get around to it. So, yeah, I need to though. I like I liked that movie. I just it also had some like issues. I think with like wasn't it kind of racist? Like the guy who wrote it know. was not Japanese, right? Oh, I don't know. I don't really know anything about this book. So, I think there might be some sketchiness there. Uh, okay, we're back. We had a minor. We had a minor wine shortage and a minor bike issue, but we're back. <laughs> Almost every other podcast that I listen to takes breaks, so maybe we should take a break. Well, they also have people paying them, aren't they? <laughs> we can do we can do ads. Um, you want a razor? You want some berries? You want an audiobook? You want a mattress in a box? Hit me up. <laughs> We're not going to tell the names until we get some money. We just know where you can get those services. <laughs> and we are open to letting other people know where they can get those services. Danielle's like sitting in like a, I don't know, yoga position in our closet. She needs a new mic, y'all. We're trying to make some revenue. <laughs> Audible, hit me up. You know? Oh, it's really, you know what? It's it's a learning process. And when we make it big, this will be a story we'll share about oh. me in a closet. And um, you can say, I knew them when. <laughs> 
Um, so for our next one, we have super user. I'm just going to call her that now. Super responder, I guess. She's not really a user. Arlene at Lock Press Books, who gave a whole list. So she likes mm-hmm. a bunch of them. The Princess Bride. Yay. Okay. Love that movie. Haven't Never read, read the book. Yeah. <laughs> the Joy Luck Club by Both Amy Tan. Love. Yes. A Lesson Before Dying by Ernest Gaines. I have not heard of that one. And The Color Purple by Alice Walker. And let me go ahead and say that both um, Just Call Me Shelly at Ellis Romance and Robin Malay Pizzo at Every Woman 98 also chimed in with The Color Purple. So I feel like that's just, well, that one's kind of a given. People love The Color Purple. It is. It kind of got maligned a little bit. Yes, I was about to say, did we talk about that Elizabeth Banks? We did not. We did not. I will kind of say, this is why I'm like, I don't call myself a feminist, even though I like I am for all intents and purposes mm-hmm. of feminist, but I just feel like feminist sort of equals white feminism in people's minds. Mm. And it's like, eh, no, she did come through with a very solid apology. So I will give she her that. Did. But then like people were like, oh, you didn't even stop being in front of her. Cause you understand what she was trying to say. And it's like, yeah, I got what she was trying to say. And I also got the racist subtext. So maybe you should stop. By. It was bustle. Um, they wrote some article right after and they were like, even though she wasn't technically correct, all this like, you know, calling her out is distracting from the real issue. And it's like, so when is it when we're concerned or we're forgotten and we make our voices known, it's distracting. And why is that not a real issue? Like why? Right. Like, why is there? it not a real issue that if it was any other movie, if it was like, um, Fucking uh, uh, Man in 3B Part 2, you know, something that only I have heard of, you know, because I was watching it on Netflix. Then, okay, but the color purple? Yeah. What? No, no. And it was just like, uh, and like, you know why she overlooked it? Because the women in the movie didn't look like her is right. what what I'm thinking. And it's like, come on now. So, right. yeah. It's the same thing going on with Nick Cage's cousin right now. Um, Wait, what? <laughs> Sophia Coppola and oh, Beguile. Okay. I didn't know the familiar relation. So I was like, oh, yeah. who, is, who is Nick Cage's cousin? So I was lost for a bit. I'm back with you now. <laughs> and she, you know, she remade The Beguiled from the 70s and took out the black character. And she was like, well, I just wanted it to be about women. And it's like, black women what? aren't women. She's like, I wanted to focus on the gender dynamic instead of the racial dynamic of the Civil War. And it's like, do you hear yourself? Do you, right do you now? know what the Civil War was about? <laughs> it's like, you don't think black women were having issues related to their gender during the Civil War, stories related to their gender. And it's kind of like, I don't know, we were talking about this, me and my boyfriend. And it's like, just say you didn't want a black woman in your movie. Just say, I don't really know how to write a black character. I didn't really want her in my movie, so I took her out. Just say that. I don't mean, give me all this bullshit. You yeah, know? it would be just as like equally shitty, but I would be more inclined to believe your I'd actual. Be like, okay. Yeah. Instead of because then you have people like these apologists, like, well, well, you can't really. That's not really what she meant, and it's like you know, wasting time, like arguing, arguing, arguing. What did she really mean? It's like no, you didn't want a black person in your movie. Because whatever reason, just say that. Yeah. Just say it. Don't hide behind the bullshit. And I think as we've read in <laughs> An Extraordinary Union, you can do both. <laughs> you, could. It, like, like, you could. You could. You could very well have a black female character and talk about race and gender issues during that time. It's a ready-made answer. Boom. Oh, so, uh, uh, why is everyone effing up this week? I don't know. It's like across the board, people are <laughs> fucking up. Did you hear that? Um, like this is I had to close. I get on Twitter and then I have to leave because I see more ridiculous. And the ridiculous <laughs> that drew me off Twitter this week was Mitch McConnell refused to meet with the group that helped treat his polio when he was a kid. Are you serious? Yes, I am serious. I am very serious. He did not <sighs> meet because they, of course, wanted to address some concerns they had about you know this this health care travesty they're like remember when you had polio and he's like nah i don't know you you follow who this and like yeah i was like i gotta go like every time i get on that's why i've been really bad at updating the account because <laughs> like every time i get on i see some ridiculous new like article or headline and i'm like let me just leave right it's just oh, oh this week it, it's been i cannot like oh i cannot wait for it when we can just like 
do this podcast and we can just talk to each other about, about how great books yeah <laughs> and how great like life is going no one's the senators aren't trying to kill us right <sighs> so I, don't know. I was like i paid my democracy bill this month every like that's what i call my aclu <laughs> like i signed up for like the monthly donation nice. I was like, oh, pay my pay the don't pay the democracy bill. So I gotta say, so I live in California. My girl Kamala, out here. Yeah, I'm like, get it, girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kamala 2020. That's what I'm saying. I have freaking Roy Blunt. Who? Oh God. <laughs> looks like a Disney say? villain. He, look, 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 he like. looks like the guy <laughs> who's trying to get Quasimodo. I still can't remember his name. From the Hunchback of Notre Dame. So Roy Blunt is like the king of tools every time he tweets out i have to follow him he's my senator and every time he tweets out i just respond back with like you are a tool (laughs) i'm sure whoever manages his account is like god i wish this asshole would shut up but i make sure to do it it's part of my civic duty and so um the post dispatch the st louis post dispatch did this story about the healthcare bill and let me tell you they must have searched far and wide for the the most unflattering photo of this man it looks like he's wearing a mask like a melted mask of like old man Nixon or something. It like his face looks like it's about to fall off. I love it. And Danielle is a very humble person, so I'm gonna say this. She was like rewriting Disney songs <laughs> as if she were a Republican trying to take away healthcare. And you just have to go see them on her Twitter because they're so fucking funny. I got <laughs> really into laughing. it. I love the scar one. Oh yeah, I I did. I spent like it was Friday morning. I should have been working. Instead, I rewrote all the Disney villain songs. I well, three. It. I rewrote three Disney villain songs as if they were sang by Roy Blunt. It, it did make me feel better. I will say that. Like I felt so much better, and I like that you tagged him. So he <laughs> or whoever manages his account got to see that. And I'm glad it could make you laugh because that's why I'm here. I was laughing really hard. Because it came oh. up on my phone. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, and everyone's like, call your senator, call your senator. I was like, well, one's a Democrat. And it's like, she's all right. But then we got him. And it's like, he was the MC at Trump's inauguration. <sighs> he like sends all these tweets about how like Trump care is going to save Missourians money. And it's like, you lie. You are a liar. It's like, you and lie. he's just like an embarrassment. And then like when they had that big Comey hearing, he was one of those stooges who went up and tried to twist it to make it sound like, you know, just to cover his ass. And it's like, he's already been bought and sold. He was like one of the voters who also backed Betsy, whatever. And it's like, I can't, it's just, oh, it's so embarrassing because Missouri is not that Republican. It's not. It's And people always say, oh, flyover states, there's no black. Missouri is so black. Right, (laughs) yeah. You want to say blacker than ever? Missouri is very black. Yeah, the city of St. Louis. Yeah, like, and it's like, and even when you get into like the center of it, it's not that Republican. It's, it's not because you have the university right there. Yeah, it's like a light pink, and so, and it's like he's acting like he's in this solid Republican state where he can do whatever he wants. But you are not, boo-boo. and like he can't do that. <laughs> and it's like I don't know when he's gonna realize it. He's also sort of a family name in Missouri. His son was governor. Oh, yeah. Was it Roy Blunt? His- was it Roy Blunt's kid who was like a rapper at Missouri or something? I, I I would not be surprised, but that's not the one I'm talking about. His son was governor, and like they asked him, like it was after his first term, and they asked him if he was going to run again, and he was like, "I did everything I needed to do." <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was like, "Okay." And then at the inaugural ball, his wife wore that ridiculous dress. I didn't see it. Uh, I gotta send it to you. I know, my, I know my in depth for do. some reason. I really know. I really know, like, the gubernatorial history of Missouri. I like it. So, but yeah, so, I don't know. We got back on politics. We're supposed to be doing books. What's yeah. your favorite adaptation? So, my favorite adaptation, and I woke up in the middle of the night because I was, like, really trying to think hard. <laughs> but this was days ago, so I don't want, like, you to think that I was slacking on my podcastorial um, obligations. Um, but I picked Clueless, which is an adaptation of Emma. Oh, that's a good one. I love that movie. See, you got creative with it. That's really good. I love that movie too. I love the Monet line. Like it's a classic. It is a classic. Cause... I'm really sad Stacy Dash became such a mess, but that right? movie is a classic. like what the fuck happened there? <laughs> I don't know. Money, I guess. I guess so. Cause mmm. Mm. yeah that is a good movie i i was looking through like 
in, in brainstorming and I realized I've read a lot of books that have become movies mm-hmm. and I've seen a lot of movies that came from books but I have not done both. Like I have that not, was there my are not problem. many, yeah, there's not many situations where I both read the book and saw the movie. So the two I had that I enjoyed were Misery by Stephen King oh. and A Time to Kill by John Grisham. And I think I'm going to go with Misery because I remember that one better and it doesn't deal with child rape. So, yeah. you know, just a better. Remember when I was reading Misery and I told you, like, I got, it's very very good and if you're into audiobooks I would highly suggest the one that's on audible because it's just like the woman does a really really good job reading it I remember I was like really into it I think I've listened to it over the course of a week and I was like on the last like three chapters or something oh, that's right and you I had like knew, your special listening I knew like it was coming up like the big scene and I was like I'm gonna run a bath I'm gonna like light some candles I'm gonna go in here I'm gonna listen to this I'm gonna drink some wine it's gonna be fucking awesome because I love audiobooks and baths you know I just that's my therapy right now. Um, and then I like listened to it and I was like, oh, and it was like total like falling action into the book and it just ended. And I was like, oh, you know, the rest of the book is so intense and it's building up to this big violent co- climax. And I was like, oh, I just ended. And I ended up skipping two chapters by accident. <laughs> so. Do you listen on the same platform all the time? Like, because sometimes I'll listen at work. And then on my way home, I'll listen to it on my phone. And then when I'm at home, I'll listen to it on my home computer. Mm. Do you skip Because sometimes I'll run into syncing issues when that's an issue. I only listen on my phone. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I don't but know. That would totally make sense because that happens to me all the time. And I always have to, I always make sure to check where I leave off. Uh, because I know like if I go home, my home computer, it sometimes does not update. And so it's like, and, and if I listen to like two hours at work, mm-hmm. I'm not about to listen to that again. Right. So I think this was a good list and it inspired some great conversations. I think it did. Some angry conversations. This is probably one of our more passionate episodes. I from think your, so. Your tirade about the tragic mulatto, which I, I felt like I needed to step back and let you have that. I just, I just can't do it anymore. It makes me so <laughs> tired. Like I told you the story when I first went to Mizzou and we were sitting around talking and we had our diversity club after someone hung nooses from the doors and Jewish swastikas in the doors of the Jewish students hung nooses on the door handle of the black students. We're like, well, what should we do? Let's join a diversity council um, instead of fucking expelling people. Um, right. And so I remember we had it and we were all going around and talking. There was another girl who's also mixed. And, um, you know, she had this talk and she was like, I just feel like I'm not accepted by black people. I'm not accepted by white people. And it's always been this big whole thing. And listen, I don't ever want to like, discount anyone's pain or their experience or anything but they turned to me and they were like molly you must have felt that too and that was the thing that got me because i was like no bitch i'm good like i've never felt not black like i've never felt not black and it's like i don't know i saw your theory also that oh let's not talk about my theory because it might be too too wild for the podcast too (laughs) We'll have a special uncensored. We'll save that for the. You had to pay for that one. Yeah, but I I do feel like it's true. I I do feel like it's true. (laughs) But the crux of the theory is just that women are the heart. Yes, yes, and it's like who you model yourself after. So I think because I have a black mom, black grandma, black aunts, like I never like all the people around me were black, and that's not to discount my dad because he's lovely. He constantly, like, looks at me and he's like, (laughs) you have that Italian feature in you. Like, I've always felt black and I felt maybe more tenuous to the Italian side, but still kind of there because I had Italian family members around me growing up. But I've never felt white. So I don't, that's just a part of this whole, as Zadie Smith puts it, mixed experience that I just can't access. And if you can, if you want to yell at me about it, that's fine, but I'm just I'm just tired of that being the default for especially black white mixed women to that you have to be confused because that's one of those arguments that they said oh you know you can't do interracial relationships because the kids will be refu- confused and it's like I feel no confusion yeah well I just brought it up because like she talks about how complex it is to be biracial like within herself mm. but at the same time seems to just be like. 
you know, but America, you're one country, get over it. And it's like, well, if you can't resolve these issues within you and your family, mm-hmm. how the hell do you expect an entire country to just, right. so that was my, that's why hundreds I brought it up. And, and that was my hundreds issue. of years. Yeah. So, but oh, Zadie Smith, I still have on beauty on my bookshelf and I still tell myself I'm going to read it. So I still have not finished white teeth and I don't think I will. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good discussion. Let's go into what we're reading now. Okay. So I have to pull it up because I had a, you go first, you go first and I'll pull up okay. mine. So I, I'm going to just start by saying I just got done with a, with a module for my MBA. I'm getting this stuff done. Nice. So Look I at know. this girl over here learning and shit. What? So one of the classes, it was one of the programs, like, met two weekends in a row. So I had to go last Saturday and Sunday, and I just finished, today is Sunday, and I just finished yesterday and today. And so in this week, we had two books we had to read, and one was called The Culture Map, and it was um, The Culture Map, Breaking Through the Invisible Boundaries of Global Business. So I read that this week. And then another one I read was um, Global Dexterity, How to Adapt Your Behavior Across Cultures Without Losing Yourself in the Process. So they were okay. I'm only including those because I'm, like... Like I whipped through those books and I'm kind of proud of myself. Nice. So what I read for fun is I am starting the gunslinger. This is like the Stephen King episode. I am starting the gunslinger by Stephen King because that is being made into a movie mm-hmm. drawing connections back. And the gunslinger is being pay- played by, by Idris. Idris is it Idris or Idris? I don't know. <laughs> you know who we're talking about. You know that yeah, big so he's- fine man. Yeah, through your mom loves and you kind of love too. Yes. So, so I'm starting that one because I feel like I've, I'm really excited. It's sci-fi. It's, it's I, I, he was great in Pacific Rim. I loved him in Pacific I Rim. Him I, Pacific I love him Rim. in sci-fi. Um, um, did you ever see The Wire? No, and that's the one that I've been told I need to see The Wire. You have to and, see The Wire for his Stringer Bell. Like he will forever be Stringer Bell to me. Yeah. So the problem when there's like a TV show that has like it's such a big like commitment looking at it. It's like that's going to be long. what a good yes, yeah, 60 hours and it's like oh. That's a long And I know I show. just need to Yeah, I know I just need to start, but no, I know he was great in that. I saw him I liked him in Pacific Rim, which I love that movie. I can go on and on about how that is like the greatest They're making movie a second one, right? Decade. I know and John Boyega's going to be in it. He is. Yes. I don't know if he's like Idris's like cousin or like his son or I don't a nephew. Know if I said it um like when that Star Wars movie came out and I said my favorite thing was like <laughs> my new favorite video was John Boyega surprising like black people on screenings of Star Wars. <laughs> There's so many videos of him just like standing behind like some random black people watching Star Wars and then they'll like turn around. Like, fuck it's John Boyega. I need to go find you. There's so No, funny. I love it. I love I let me okay mini spiel I love Pacific Rim Pacific Rim if you do not know the plot takes place in a world where giant monsters have come up through the ocean's floor what are they called to try they're um kaiju kaiju the monsters are named kaiju and they build these giant things called uh jaegers to to fight them so that was the thing like these giant monsters come up through the ocean and humanity comes together all of us this is an international effort Mm -hmm. we come together and we decide the best way to deal with this threat is to build giant robots to punch them in the face. And we do. And like, it takes place in this little bubble and there's like all these international teams and there's a team from China and there's a Russian team. And like, I just elbow is the UK. And you got like this black captain and like, and like all these characters of color. And then you've got this female character from Japan who's like, she's really the she's story. Totally and it's like, I love that whole movie. It is so dumb, but it's also so great. I saw so there's it. my mini spiel for why you should watch Pacific Rim. I saw it probably at the end of last year. I was like, this is fucking awesome. It is, because it is dumb. It is but so it's dumb. But it's like that joyful dumb where it's yes. like, yes, these are giant mo- like robots fighting giant monsters. And yes, like this monster, this robot turned into a shark and bit somebody. But I was like, oh my God. And like, yes, these two people are going to fall in love while doing like karate moves. But they don't. At least the the show. The they movie like shaking. It's, like, it's like yeah. It's like she doesn't. They don't have to get paired up. It's it's I great. It. And I don't know why. Like they kept saying, um, you know, when that Ghost in the Shell came out, they were like, we don't know any Japanese actress. Uh, 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 why didn't you just I, ask Japan? Why Why don't you ask Japan? Because it's this whole country with lots of people in it. But also, hey. Hey, here's this girl in Pacific Rim who would have been like absolutely perfect. So I don't quite understand 
I don't know. That's like my go-to argument whenever I see people on the internet. I'm like, what about Pacific Rim? Because she was great oh. in it. What is her name? Um, I keep thinking of the character's name. Um, her name was Mako in Pacific Rim, and the actress's name is um, Rinko. Ah, uh, Rinko Kikuchi. Kikuchi. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna. I didn't want to mispronounce it. I'm terrible at names. Me too. Yeah. Oh, it's a great, and it does have like the obligatory like white male guy, but like he's sort of like he's treated like how women would be treated in any other show. Or like, like uh, what's his name? You know, rest, rest his, rest in peace. Um, from uh, fuck uh, that other dumb Paul franchise. Walker. Paul Walker, like he's a Paul Walker ca- character. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, I'm I, here, but we're not gonna filter this whole narrative through my experience. Through, yeah. Uh, I, I'm so, so yeah. That was this episode was brought to you by. <laughs> there's our sponsor, Pacific Rim. I love that movie. You, everyone should go watch it. It is Even good. Sci-fi is They're making another one, right? Yes, we had. We are looping. We are really off today. Yeah. Yes. Right. As soon as I said that, sorry, it's like burning hot in here because we turned. <laughs> I love how we almost repeated that conversation, word for word. We could have. Um, we could have. So, what are you reading? Okay, so I read the weight of the. Sorry, the weight of lies. I really have to get glasses, Danielle. I'm like an inch away from my computer screen. <laughs> By Emily Carpenter. It's a newer book. Um, kind of a light, light, light thriller. Um, I got it because, of course, they were like, oh, it's the next Gone Girl. And um, Oh, I'm so tired of people saying things. And like, That's the only reason I read Girl on the Train. Right? And let me tell you, it was not the next Gone Girl. I tried to read that. I was so bored. I ended up putting it down. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is not the next girl on the train. Yeah, that's just marketing thing because they're like, "Oh, you like?" They could have just said, "If you liked this book, read this one." Right. Instead of like, so of course it was another one, and I'm like, "Okay, it's summer. I want lighter things. I like crime. I like these thrillers. Let me try it. It's written by a woman. Let me try it." And it's not a bad book. I listened to all of it, but it was just very fluffy. It's about this um, young woman whose mother is um, an author, and she wrote a um, she wrote a crime book in the seventies called Kitten, which became kind of a cult classic. And it's about this young girl who um, murders all these people on this island hotel in Georgia, off the coast of Georgia. Um, And so the daughter has to go and find out the real story of Kitten and all these things. And all the twists and turns are totally predictable. There's kind (laughs) of a weird, like, um, uh, there are a lot of Native Native American characters in the book, and it's kind of like uh, this weird cultural appropriation thing where the girl Kitten thinks she's Native American, or does she? Uh, and is she trying to do this? And that actually was not very ugh, because cultural appropriation <laughs> was part of the horror of the book. They're like, Kitten, okay. you white. Like, stop doing this. It's disrespectful. She was like Rachel Dolezeling people? Kind of. Dozel? Kind of. Yeah, she actually kind of was. So I don't want to like spoil a lot because there are some twists and turns. I think, you know, if you read a lot of these books, you're going to be able to pick them up. But um, it was it was not poorly writ- written. It was just a little bit predictable and a little bit on the nose. Um, but there were some good parts to it. There were some interesting things. And I listened all the way through, which I am totally not above putting down a book that I don't like. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for something really light, then I would suggest this. If you want something a little freakier or a little bit more cerebral, this isn't going to be it, despite the marketing, but um, yeah. it, it was good for a beach read, I would say. I will say, when I read Gone Girl, like, it genuinely shocked me. Like, right? the things that happened in that book genuinely caught me off guard, and I was like, oh my gosh. And I was kind of like, I thought it was really neat how um, I, Glenn... Or is it Flynn? It's something Flynn, I think. Is the oh, name. Flynn. Kansas City writer. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it's like, I was really, how she was able to use, like, unreliable narrator and, like, other things. And I'm like, she did a great job. And so now when they're just, like, jumping on this train and being like, oh, this is the next Gone Girl because right. it's a thriller. It's like, no, it's not. Right. It's like, oh, it's, it's not a lady all. thriller. And it's like, but you're really, 
missing like the heart of that book. Like when, uh, sorry, Gillian Flynn was spoiler. Spoiler, you know, if you haven't read Gone Girl, I would highly, highly suggest it. Like when he, they have that first Amy chapter after the twist, and she's so mean spirited, and she's so like petty, and she's so like just evil. I really like like villain characters. I really get into it. I was like, yes, yes, and it's such like a female centered villain. Like, she's yeah. very, like, playing into these stereotypes, but also rejecting them at the same time, where I was like, yes, get Nick, he deserves it. <laughs> yeah, and continued spoilers for Gone Girls. And so the first part, like, they lie to you in the first part, and it sort of pulls you into the story, because she creates this whole false identity to lie to the police, mm-hmm. and to lie to her husband, and then you realize you fell for it, too, right. and it's like, holy it was like a really meta experience for me. I loved it. Right, because so, she's, yeah. I think the first half alternates between Nick, her husband, in real time, and her mm-hmm. diary entries. And she's like this total, like, manic pixie dream girl, like, I just don't know. And, you know, it's like every story where you hear of a girl who's gotten into a bad situation, you're like, just go, leave this guy. Why don't you leave him? And your heart goes out to her, and the guy sounds so evil. And then, um, you know, the second half starts with her, Spoiler alert, she's alive. She staged her murder. And she's like, yeah. fuck everybody. I'm going to get mine. And you're like, yes, get and it. It's her, yeah, her revenge plan. Yeah. So it's just great. It did, like, Girl on the Train. <laughs> Girl on the Train. Did you read that one? I read, like, the first 10 pages. <laughs> it was, I kept expecting something bigger to happen. Like, and it had the potential. The main narrator, the main protagonist is like this alcoholic who frequently blacks out and doesn't remember where she was. And I kept waiting for that to be a thing. I kept waiting for either her to have committed a crime and her not remember it mm. or her to have seen something or someone thinking she saw something, but she actually doesn't because she was blacking out. And I kept waiting for that to be a part of the plot. And it never was. It was just no one believed her because she was a drunk, which, you know, yeah. like that's a story, but it's, a drunk. Not, it's not what Gone Girl did. It's not that weird twist. Yeah. So can we was, please stop calling all these thrillers Gone Girl? You know, read Sharp Objects if you want to read another <laughs> Gone Girly type that has another really good villain in it. Yeah. I will say I don't think I could read Gone Girl again. Like you read it the first time and you you discover all those things yeah. every other time that you just won't enjoy it as much. True. So. <laughs> all right, I sorry. Look, my I am in an uncomfortable pose. Okay. My wine is gone. So I am like entertaining. Do we want myself. to say the secret code? Oh yes. So the secret code for this episode, we'll let you go now if that's all you're waiting for, <laughs> is Cane Cutter. Cane Cutter. C A N E C U T T E R. Yes. So go to Mocha Girl Reads, go to their website. We will have the information all up on our Twitter. And on our website. And on our website. I forget that we have a website. I, I think everybody sort of, sometimes I put the blog up and I'm like, does anyone read those? I so read you, them when you put the wall. I forget that I didn't just see it on Twitter. Because I think the majority of the people who listen to us listen to us through iTunes and never have to visit our website. Yeah. So, so we I do have it. a website, just <laughs> blackchicklit.com. You'll see all the information there. Head on over to Mocha Girl Reads. You can enter our code which is cane cutter two words and you will be entered so long as you're following both us and mocha girl reads for a chance to read to win a copy of queen sugar by natalie brazil yes and you can follow us on twitter at black chick lit and mocha girl reads at mocha girl reads Mm -hmm. we are also on instagram at bcl podcast and if you ever just want to email us you can email us at contact at blackchicklit.com. Mm-hmm. We have to say our next yep. next pick, or else our no one pick, will know. <laughs> right. It's something I think we all need. Yes. It's a little levity. And it is We Are Never Meeting in Real Life by Samantha Irving. Mm-hmm. Um, I will <laughs> say there are some. I'm almost done with this book. Like, this is probably going to be one of my picks for next year. And there, there are some sad chapters that I wasn't expecting. Oh. <gasps> Oh, you got really quiet, but I just heard there were some sad chapters. <laughs> that I wasn't expecting. Oh, no. Well, I mean, it can't get sadder than real life, can it? <laughs> True. Can it get sadder than our current political situation? I just don't want another Charlie Freeman where I'm like, this is going to be funny. And I'm like, 
That is a classic black chiclet podcast moment when 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 you promoted this book. You promoted that book as a fun coming of age, and that is not at all mm-hmm. what was happening. That was a straight horror novel. And then I think afterwards, that was was that before or after we read another Brooklyn, and you also was expecting like a light. Oh. <laughs> I was like, Molly just wants Molly just wants a fun uplifting coming of age story i love coming of age stories i eat them up in movie form <laughs> i watch mermaids at least quarterly you're gonna have to write your own like if you can't find it you're gonna have to write it you know we talked about doing the um you know for a fall project doing um nanowrimo we did right? have some people tweet said that they would like that yeah. and i think we do have the ability to um there's some plugin i can install we have the ability to set up like chat rooms or a group kind of room yeah. on the website. So if so that's we could something totally interesting, that. I think we both have novels in us, Danielle, on our I think so desk drawer. So if that's something that you're interested in, like joining us for doing, just let us know. Yeah, we may we may send out some feelers once it gets closer to because I'm just trying to survive. The <laughs> lie right now. This heat. So, if nothing else, this heat. Uh, <sighs> Al, what is his name? Roker? Al Roker? No. Oh, Gore. Oh, Al Gore. <laughs> I'm sorry. But you know why I'm laughing so hard? Because I first, I first thought I was going to say Al Roker, too. <laughs> it was wrong what they right. did to him at, on Proud Family. I don't... You don't, I don't know. What are they he was like him? an evil wizard on Proud Family. Oh, yeah, he was. The only celebrity I remember on The Proud Family is Lou Rawls, and I only remember it because everyone spent that whole episode running around saying, who's Lou Rawls? And I'm like, how are y'all going to do him that way? Oh my god, that show. Have you seen the meme about, like, Solange knew that that was going to be Beyonce's life? <laughs> she had the daughter and the two daughters. No, I gotta go see that. And that's why she's saying the theme song. Mr. Proud does look like... just <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was a that was a good show. That was so, they had some solid programming. That was a good show. It taught me what Kwanzaa was. <laughs> I think I learned about credit card debt. I don't know why. I don't know how, who trusts. I learned who the real founder of Frito or um, what is it? Uh, Hot Cheetos was. <laughs> I had too much wine it. and it's way too hot. I've been I, trying yeah. to eat salads and shit, so I've, I have little protein in my body to soak this up. So let us end here. Our next yeah, book. So Danielle can come on out of that closet. <laughs> we are meeting in real life by Samantha Irving. We are Irby. never meeting. You are so... I, you know what? Because the doctor, he said, he was like, he was looking at my eyes, and he was like, your eyes don't focus. Your eyes don't go to the same spot at the same time. And I was like, what? And he's like, no one's ever told you this? And I was like, no. And he was like, you never had an eye exam? And I was like... I had them all my like I I had I try to have an eye exam at least every couple of years and I had them you know all the time when I was a kid and he's like no one ever told you that your eyes aren't pointed in the same fucking direction and I was like no and he's like do you ever find your like you're skipping over words or shit is jumping around on the page I was like yeah yeah and he was like do you ever find like after a while you get tired reading I was like yes and he's like because your eyes aren't pointing in the same direction like, and then he just like shit. sighed and walked out that that eye exam was maybe five minutes he was like you don't have glaucoma you don't have cataracts all this shit he was like your eyes just are not p- focused and i was like he was like i'm gonna write you a prescription and this is gonna make a big difference in your life and i was like i'm ready for a dr shaw can i ask is this the first eye doctor you've been in California? No, it's the second. Okay. okay, I was gonna say, I was like, you know why? You were seeing all those Missouri eye doctors. <laughs> and who the fuck knows where they got their training? The other one I went to was at Costco, and he was like, you need readers. And I was like, okay. So I would have them like on, but I would still get kind of like tired, like tired eyes reading. And then like they got a big scratch on it, the reader. So I was like, well, maybe this is just a sign. It's been a couple of years. I'll just go to the eye doctor. And he was like really surprised. He really must. He was like, think way back, way back to when you were in middle school. I was like, I told you my age. All right. (laughs) He's like, think way back. And he's like, did you have, did someone come and put things on your eyes and you had to, I was like, yes, I've had an eye exam before. And he was like, and you never, no one, no one in your life has told you this. And I was like, (laughs) No. Please 
please give the man some credit. That's like if you went to the dentist office and like half your teeth were missing and he was like, no one told you you didn't have teeth. He he was a little a little perturbed, he I was, bet. I Danielle was five minutes and he's like, this is a very easy fix. <laughs> I was like, okay. Your poor doctor. Uh, I think that's a great way to end this. I Molly's so. going to get some new glasses. Her reading's going to be, you think she's a fast reader now? She's going to be even... Boom. So, um, I think that's it, guys. Have a great rest of your week. Stay safe. 2017, stay cool. blacker than ever. Oh, stay cool. Yeah. Run that AC yeah. if you have to. If you don't, <laughs> go to that library. Just... Oh, that's the one thing millennials are saving. I knew you are going to pick up on that. <laughs> I love it. Fuck. Fuck napkins, fabric softener, and dryer sheets. We're saving the important stuff. We are saving libraries. Right. All right, Ooh, I've never cussed this much in an episode. Okay. You should. Best it's behavior. Great. It's Best great. behavior. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.